Matty Collector, I've come to bargain. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode 247 for the week of Wednesday, the 16th of November. I'm Eddie and with me tonight are... Adam. And Scott. This episode is brought to you by Davy Boys Toys and Bam Kapow Collectibles and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Weeks are the DC Collectibles Killer Frost and Bumblebee Bombshell Statues, the Kenner Superpowers Batmobile, and our discussion topic is a toy breakdown of the Series 4 of the DC Icon. Welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode of Action Figure Blues. And I have uh, Scotty and Adam here. How are you guys doing? Fantabulous. Nice. I I like the word fantabulous. Let's go with you, Scotty. What's been happening in your world? Oh, well, um, I have divorced the United States of America. Um, (laughs) Let's not get political, but hello, what the hell? Um, So... (laughs) Yeah, I I just don't understand, and uh, I've never been prouder to be an Australian. That's all I'll say. Um, the otherwise everything's all happening here. I have had a really good um, week in collecting um, since uh, uh, Fortnite. I guess in collecting since on the show, which I'll talk about in feeding the addiction. Um, and uh, my wife is sending me funny texts and distracting me during the show. Hello. Um, so otherwise, yeah, wow. And you know what? That train wreck of a banter pretty much sums up my headspace at the moment. <laughs> uh, very good. Very good. Uh, and what about you, Mr. Adam? How are you doing? Pretty good. I have been back at work for one week and I am still enjoying it, which is kind of <laughs> a lot of people think that's unusual, but so be it. Um, are they enjoying having that- you back? I don't know. No one I don't said, really ask those questions. <laughs> Nobody said, oh, no, not you again. I mean, I, I get those remarks normally anyway, so I just, <laughs> you know, them. <laughs> I, I just take that as general behavior and, you know, whatever. You mean all workplaces um, don't work like that? Yeah. yeah I, I just thought that was part of oh, working. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, yeah, pretty good. I stabbed myself in the hand on um, Friday night last week trying to cut a frozen mango and – Oh my goodness. Um, I didn't actually do a lot of damage, but it was, you know, different. Oh. <laughs> Be honest, you're trying to do the bishop thing from aliens, weren't you? <laughs> uh, finally. No, because okay, I stabbed myself on the palm of the hand and it didn't go all the way through. <laughs> I didn't say you were good at it. Uh-huh. But I would have had it like the wrong way up and everything. <laughs> yeah. I guess that shows how bad I am at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Eddie, what about that, you? I, I've been, yeah, it's been a, I think couple of episodes since I've been on. I've had a big run of friends getting married and I am the only one in my friendship group that is okay with public speaking. So I've been doing a lot of wedding emceeing and hosting, uh, which is uh, quite fun to do. I recommend it. Uh, if you ever get a chance, it's almost like you're the uh, third major member of that wedding day. At least that's 
how my ego tends to view okay. uh, the ceremony and <laughs> that. So that that's been a, uh, a a very fun week to um as long as it's just uh, a ceremony some people and not later then. Yeah, well, yeah, we there's a certain point. I actually did end up accidentally so at one of the weddings that were uh, two good friends of mine. Uh, they were discussing whether or not they wanted to go out after their wedding. They're quite big partiers. And <laughs> we were having this conversation all through the night. Are you going to go out? Are you not? You, you keep saying they kept swapping back and forth. And then eventually they decided at the end of the night, yes, we're we're definitely going out. We're going to this pub down in St Kilda called The Prince and that gets organised. So I turn up at this uh, pub called The Prince. I managed to get away, went and dropped some stuff off at a, um apartment there that uh, we were using and then uh, went down to The Prince and said, I'm here with the wedding folks. So they sent me in and I'm in the room and there's the other people there in the suits and all that and I go to give the bride a hug from behind and uh, not the same <laughs> wedding party. <laughs> Luckily it was realised before any physical contact was made with the bride but uh, a bit of an awkward situation and uh, I turned and went out and uh, gave my friends a call and it's uh, Turned out that uh, the bride had decided to go home from the party that I was at and the groom uh, was originally then going to come out, but then uh, on some advice from us, his friends saying, no, it's your, it's your wedding night and your bride's going home. You should really go home with her and not uh, come out with the rest of us. So yeah, uh, they went is. through. So <laughs> yeah, very, uh, very interesting uh, couple of weeks uh, here on this end, but I've missed talking uh, with you guys and talking about all things action figures. So, um, unless anything, one's got anything else, shall we get started with some articulated news? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure! I'm Bill S. Preston Esquire! And I'm Ted Theodore Logan in concert! And I make them play! Speaker connects to figures and most cassette players to make figures play music! Now on drums, that bodacious barbarian Genghis Khan! Yeah, our new pal from old China! Excellent! Let's rock and roll! Squeezing their legs gets them jamming! Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure! Party on, kids! Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service, but these are just some stories that relate to things that we're interested in or have caught our eye this week. I've got the first bit of news, so I'll uh, kick things off with our good friends at Sideshow uh, releasing the Deadpool Heatseeker premium format uh, figure, which uh, I believe was revealed at San Diego and uh, definitely has my wallet hurting at uh, 699 uh, US dollars. Come uh, on. But what, what is with that price? Yeah, it looks nice, but I think I might have to, even though it's my boy, I might have to pass on it. Do you have the original premium format one? No, I was very close to buying it when I was in New York and they had it. It was around like $300 because our dollars were like matching at the time and it was uh, near perfect and I didn't grab it and I wish I had of now. But I'm not a big statue guy, so I actually don't have uh, really too many uh, statue pieces. But uh, I would – I am tempted to get a Deadpool, but 
Um, this one, I think, is just going to be a price thing. I'm just out unless uh, the US dollar crashes anytime soon. Uh, might be a pass. Do you like the pose? I do like the selfie pose. So there's one where he's got like a selfie stick in the oh, camera and there's an image okay. of him with an explosion right. behind it. And that I really dig because I think it does fit with the pose. The regular one with the gun um, I think is a little too busy for me. So the selfie stick one's the exclusive. Yeah. yeah. I think the swap out head that goes with it is exclusive as well. Where he's blown. I believe so, but I could be wrong. I've been trying to not look at it too much for yeah, fear. Yeah, no, it is. It's the it is the portrait and the selfie stick are the exclusive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, he's doing like duck face with the yeah. uh, alternate head, but well, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm, you know, put, this is uh, obviously a more complex and involved piece than the average premium format. Um, but I still, I don't see the extra 200 um, in this really. Um, I think it must be tricky for Sideshow because there are companies that are doing the same scale and charging, you know, 900, 1,000, et cetera. But I hope that, that they don't start just, you know, pushing up the prices um, because that's going to, you know, I, I can't spend that much on a thing. Really, yeah. Although I'm and this would def- the addiction, or do, but anyway, but, <laughs> yeah. but, in, but yeah. this would um, also be one of those pieces I'd be worried about uh, if it were ever to fall uh, off a shelf. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could be you something. Just put that... bubble wrap around it. <laughs> yeah, just, just never scale. open it. Just uh, yeah. keep it a statue mint in box. So there, um, are there many mint in box statue collectors out there? I don't know if I've ever heard of a. Mint in box statue collector, but it would be weird. Yeah, um, I think that that would be quite strange. But you know what? I bet there is. Yeah, Uh, but if you wanted something a a bit different, you also have the Predator Jungle Hunter uh, maquette uh, from Sideshow. Uh, So this is your classic. Predator, the one that fought Arnie in the original film, and he's standing there holding a spine and a uh, bit of skull. Uh, now, price on this, I'm not too sure because they got oh it on the gosh. monthly. I just saw the price. So, do you guys yeah. have that as well? Good grief. It's, um, oh, sorry, there is. Yeah, it's <laughs> Yeah, okay. The, yeah, so that, that Deadpool's not looking too bad. Now, is it? So $1,250 for. This maquette now how he's twenty seven inches tall, so uh he's big, but once again, I don't know if that's well look is that the, i guess the, uh, the 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 thing here that again we've talked about before is the maquette terminology, whatever that is, this really confuses it for me because this is huge this is twenty seven point five inches tall. And obviously, incredibly expensive. Um, so I, I really do not understand the sideshow maquette versus premium format versus, you know, legendary scale versus whatever terminology at all. Mm. He's a uh, he's a big boy. This would be that type of thing I could imagine if you had the money for a home theater room. This is something you'd put on a little alcove on the side or something like that. Yeah, you'd terrify your visitors. Yeah. 
There are some people, yeah, you don't want that person staying extra late at the party and you can be like, oh, the only room to crash is on the couch in the room with that thing. So, yeah, good. It but could then work. You only, get, you only get the spinal column thing if you pay for the exclusions. So. Oh, it is too. Mm. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Otherwise, he's just got a boring left hand. Yeah. Now, he does have a swappable head portrait with a mask there as well. Is that exclusive or is that part of the... I think that's part of the run. Yeah. There we are. Uh, Moving on to some things that uh, hopefully will be a bit more affordable to your wallet. Uh, We've got some news coming out of the new brand holders for Masters of the Universe, Super 7. So they are licensing the Masters brand from Mattel. Uh, They are doing uh, some Ultimate Classics figures. So these are the figures that we have received before from Matty Collector, Uh, but they're sort of the Ultimate versions of them. So they come with multiple heads, uh, their main weapon pieces, and a couple of them do have some exclusive pieces. So... Uh, you've got Faker comes with the toy accurate uh, head sculpt, which we never received from uh, Mattel. Uh, Tila has her regular head sculpt done with Blonde, which we never received from Mattel. And the Ram Man's going to be coming in his card art colors with the orange vest rather than uh, the red colors. Apart from that, they're pretty much the same uh, pieces that we have seen before, uh, just all coming in one package. So these are brilliant if anyone missed out early on uh, in the line there. It's very classics smart. Or... Very smart on yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a, um, a great you know, entry point if – uh, you want to you know you want to jump on now, but also um, because of these ultimate packs, if you missed you know particular pieces etc., you know if you were a completist, you'd buy these as well for sure. Mm. Uh, one piece I just realised I haven't even uh, seen before, but Faker also comes with the mini comic uh, style sword there in his orange colours, uh, which is cool. So I am keeping my eye on these. I am interested to see what price point. Uh, Super 7 uh, hits with them being a smaller company and having to set up factory and all that. Uh, I am assuming they're going to be more expensive than dealing with Matty Collector, but uh, from having a look there, international shipping seemed reasonable on other products, so it might even out uh, overall. But um, definitely they're not using Digital a, River, are they? No, they're not. <laughs> they're, they use their own uh, systems, so... Uh, hopefully there might be some easiness there. I know um, there's a lot of people wondering whether they're going to do subscriptions here. It looks like they're taking orders before manufacturing, which could be interesting. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll definitely be keeping more of an eye out for them in 2017. They are also doing um, some figures in the classic vintage style. Uh, so, But they are new figures. So there's a possessed Skeletor and then... Uh, the three terrors of Terra Wolf, Terra Bat, and Terra Jaguar. And this was from a cartoon that they actually made themselves and released at uh, San Diego Comic-Con and had uh, Alan Oppenheimer return and do the voice of Skeletor for. Uh, so this will be interesting as well, seeing them create new figures uh, for the vintage line, which uh, could yeah, be very cool. another interesting piece to keep an eye on. And uh, I'm going to shock John here. These are... Masters are some of the few things I've actually gone back and collected some of the vintage for and uh, uh, really appreciate. 
vintage stuff. So what? Uh, yeah, but this is also new vintage. So there's kind of a loophole here. John's, uh, John's rolling well. over in his grave right now, and he's not even dead. Yeah, uh, I should say too for those wondering, there were figures released at San Diego Comic Con. These ones are different. These are just the solid colors. The ones released at San Diego uh, had a lot of uh, glow in the dark pieces on them, whereas these ones are just the solid. Uh, matte versions speaking of super seven we do also have news that they are taking uh back over the reaction uh line from funko so they'd been working with funko doing the reaction line uh but they are returning fully into the hands of super seven as super seven uh is growing there which hopefully is good for them i've seen a lot of reaction stuff go on clearance so uh i don't know how reactions actually going all up, but from what I've seen, the Super Seven stuff like the aliens and that generally tended to be the better uh, things released anyway when uh, Super Seven was involved. So uh, I'll be interested to see what they do with the line heading forward. Mm. I think it's interesting for what it says about Funko as well, considering there was that stage what a year or so back where Funko were, were making all the things, all of them, and uh, yeah. as soon as it seems like they've got to the point where they've realised they can't actually keep doing it and making the same ridiculous profit, so they're starting to cut back. Yeah. So my understanding... No, definitely. So. Sorry, my understanding is that Super 7 was already involved in Reaction, right? They were... Um, yeah, so that... The yeah. original Alien line was just Reaction... Uh, was just Super 7, sorry. And then Funko came in a bit after that to help them distribute... Uh, I forget what the second sort of thing was that they kind of did. And then they worked with Funko uh, in all the releases uh, after that. And I think Funko had a fair bit of control over the line, but they were handling sort of the sculpting uh, side of things. And uh, now it's just returned fully to uh, Super 7, but I believe uh, Reaction is technically their owned uh, brand. Mm. I suspect it probably would have helped um, them get licensed products by going through Funko as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mutually beneficial, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, this this might be a nice way of saying, right, this hasn't worked for Funko, so we're giving it back to you. Um, you know, like, uh, who knows? But, I mean, it, there definitely are keen followers. I mean, I've definitely seen reaction stuff discounted here, but I kind of feel like, Australian retail is probably not the target audience for this because it is a bit niche, you know, like it's, um, mm. it, you know, it, it's, uh, uh, I think this would resonate a lot more with your kind of average American buyer of our age than younger Australian nerds, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not that it no, no, I, I, I definitely know what you're trying to uh, yeah. say there, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it also depends on the property that they make them for and all that, as we've sort of discussed. Like, yeah, that's right. One of the ones I still see everywhere is the John Diggle dressed up as Arrow reaction figure, oh. and that's one that's just like, yeah, I, I can't even really imagine who was the audience for. That, that weird never. variant <laughs> of a character in a vintage thing that's a modern-day property that isn't even the most popular character. Like, yeah, it just had a weird 
weird run of things. Uh, speaking of characters that aren't exactly the most popular, my next bit of news is the Marvel Universe variant Play Arts Kai figure Deadpool. Uh, so I knew this was coming at some point uh, with Play Arts Kai doing variants of Marvel, but uh, yeah, once again, like I, I'm tempted, but the price tag on these Play Arts Kais, that's almost doubled, I think, in the last couple of years. Well, and also, yeah. yeah, they're over 200 in Australia usually. Yeah. Yeah. They used to be around the $100 mark, like yeah. not that long yeah. ago. It's just been fairly recently that started shooting up in price, which is a shame. But uh, this this I'm more tempted by than the premium format uh, statue. My only thing is I haven't gotten any Play Arts Kai up until uh, this point, except for some alien stuff I got at a uh, pawn shop for like five bucks. Um, and for our American listeners, that is P A W N. Thank you. Yep. I still, yeah, I don't like it. Just the the armored everything. Like, why would you armor up that much if you had the ridiculous healing factor that DP has? Anyway. Yeah, I, I have actually noticed the Marvel Play Arts, Marvel variant Play Arts Kai, hanging around a bit. Um, mm. So I, I'm not quite sure how it's resonating and i think that um you know it is a because the thing about the dc variant ones is that they were a bit of a a take on you know they weren't kind of just armored versions of the comic costumes they were a bit more stylized whereas i just don't find the marvel ones quite as imaginative or attractive um that have not really appealed to me so there you go mm. yeah but I, uh, I might think I might play the long game on this one and see if I can't uh, pick one up cheaper around the time of release uh, mm. as it comes through. Fair uh, but that also rounds up my uh, pieces of news. Your pieces of news. Well, I have pieces of news as well. Yeah. And yeah. my first piece of news is from NECA, and this is the uh, one-quarter scale Raphael Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the 1990 movie this is the second um one i think we already had was it mike um uh donatello's been uh, yeah solicited um so i look i'm just so confused at the moment by all of the different quarter scale and one six scale turtles out there everybody just stop i cannot i can't <laughs> Like, these look beautiful, actually. I think these mm. are some of the nicer ones of all the different ones that we've had. But I actually got a um, a Facebook message from someone this morning saying, hey, on the next show you have to uh, talk about these 1-6 scale Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures. And I'm like, I'm sure we talked about those before. And we did back in, you know, episode 227, actually, um, the, you know, from DreamX. And then here's more. I, I can't – I just cannot get my head around – how there is a market for all these different companies doing quarter scale, one six scale turtle licenses at the moment. It's I think a- it's the second movie with um, Vanilla Ice that that really lifts them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but look, this now having said all that, these look great, and I actually, mm. while I don't own any of them, I really like what NECA is doing in the quarter scale space because they are. Um, high quality, but a much lower price point than other things in this space. And definitely something that, you know, is these are worth having a look at if you want 
turtles at this scale because they look great and the price point will be nowhere near what you'd be paying for a hot choy or a um uh, or you know or, or something similar so definitely worth having mm. a look at and uh this is it, it's really really nicely done it it looks straight out of the film like looking at mm. some of the promo images there once it's lit and all <laughs> like I'd, I'd actually love to see NECA do more uh jim henson creature stuff they just always uh, seem to nail it. That that look just looks yeah, amazing. Yeah, but am, am I wrong? Am I right or wrong? Is is there a lot of this sort of stuff in the turtles space at the moment? Oh yeah, no, there okay. there definitely is. I was doing um, I some reading a couple of weeks ago on, um, and even in the corner of. Uh, so we're looking at this on in our links uh, for some spoiler behind the scenes stuff on Action Figure Insider. And they have one of those little big bad toy store flicking ads, and mm-hmm. even in that, there's turtle figures popping up uh, through there as we're talking about the brand. But I was doing some reading on brands a couple of weeks ago, and apparently, Turtles is the biggest license out there at the moment. It's actually beating Star Wars uh, in terms of. Uh, what it's sort of doing in now this was about normal retail toy toy aisles uh yeah um so in terms of the actual yeah the um toy store toy aisle uh the biggest license out there is uh turtles uh so there's definitely a market there that's uh wow. selling these things there in and moving but um wow. yeah that's it's big hmm. Well, something else that's always been big is Wolverine, and uh, like actually, he wasn't big uh, until <laughs> physically until they cast a six foot tall actor in. But anyway, um, the uh, and he's got a new movie coming out, Logan. Um, there was something on the radio the other day. I was driving with my fifteen year old who loves all this stuff, and they were saying, you know, this is his last uh, Hugh Jackman's last time playing Wolverine, and. Uh, I don't think there were actual tears, but there was like there was emotion. She was like, "What? He can't stop being Wolverine. He is Wolverine." Oh. I'm like, "Well, he actually, he actually can. You know, he doesn't have to keep doing it." <laughs> um, I, have Have I ever told my Hugh Jackman story on here before about him being cast? So there was growing up as a teenager. There was. T- twice a uh, piece of news that caused my parents to come into my room uh, to let me know something had happened uh, during the night. One was 9-11 and the other was to tell me that Hugh Jackman had been cast and Australian was going to be playing Wolverine um, <laughs> because I was, <laughs> I was both um, a big X-Men fan and a big musical theatre geek fan here in Melbourne that Hugh Jackman did a lot of shows at. And I actually remember being, uh, I think it was Oklahoma, by the stage door, having a coffee when he came out and Dad was saying, like, oh, you should uh, get him to sign something. And the only paper I had in my hand were comics, which, being the 90s, there was probably X-Men comics in there. And I was kind of like, oh, what am I going to do, get him to sign a comic book, Dad? And, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, there we are. So I, I'm sad. I'll be sad to see him go. I'm, I'm definitely down. But there, uh, this is kind of there's actually a um, amazing video recording of him in Oklahoma. Um, yeah, if you, if you ever get a chance, to, it, it's on TV occasionally. Um, he he's amazing. He's so talented. Anyway, go on. 
Um, I think it's. I like it's my news. <laughs> I'll yeah. go on. Anyway, so people people have no idea why we're talking about Logan. We've said everything except for the toy <laughs> yeah. related thing, and that is that the our good friends at Funko are of course producing Logan tie-in merchandise, and we are getting pops, dorbs, and keychains, and uh, it's all Logan all the time. So in uh, the pops, we are getting Logan, Logan, and Weapon X. And the difference between the two Logans is that one, he has his jacket on, and one, he just has his uh, singlet on. And then, Also, claws. Sorry? He's got the metal claws, one, he's got the bone claws. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. Um, and then Weapon X, as a pop, I get... Um, then we get basically the same deal in Dorbs, and Weapon X as a Dorb, I don't understand. <laughs> Why is he smiling? I know he's smiling. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing his little Oculus Rift there. Oh he's having my a God. good. I... He would never have become Wolverine if he was so happy being Weapon X. <laughs> <laughs> Look, these, yeah. have sure, these have sure hung around, haven't they? So that they must be doing okay. Um, uh, I don't get them. Have you been into a Zing recently? (laughs) No, you can buy them for four bucks in a Zing, which, you know, that's like 20 cents Australian, uh, American. Um, So, yeah. But, I mean, they they keep making them, huh? Yeah. I I actually really like the um, Weapon X pop. There's something about uh, him that just not having a mouth and just (laughs) (laughs) weirdly I I do – like there, but uh, it is interesting to note too that this is comic book Logan, not the film uh, Logan one, uh, where there are some rights uh, issues. So they're being very interesting. coy here. Oh, of course, the yes. way that they're yeah. Uh, um, and then there is also a Wolverine uh, slash Logan pocket pop keychain as well, which are cool. Um, I have way more pocket pop keychains than I have keychains um or keys but anyway that's okay um now something that i'm gonna need a bit of help on but i know that ben was excited about this and this is uh from gaming heads and this is the sweet tooth twisted metal um what is it a statue a poly resin statue 13.5 inches tall um this looks like a um scary clown uh anyone know what this is a video game Okay, no wonder I don't know. So it was like a kind of GTA before GTA, but more demolition derby type character. I didn't understand. Anything I could be mistaken. I okay. think it was a. Yeah. yeah, I never really played it, but yeah. Okay, so if you would like a uh, terrifying um, shirtless clown with f- hair on fire and a pot belly. And spotted pajama pants. Then, uh, as a thirteen-inch statue, then Christmas has come for you. Okay. Different. Yeah. <laughs> no. Wow. I just I don't understand. Um, but there you go. But Ben Ben put this in the news and said, "I love this guy." So good for you. This this <laughs> is what happens when you don't have turtles license. This is what <laughs> okay. we'll get, Scott. I'll take more turtles any day. <laughs> than- Yep, aren't aren't like clowns like really scary at the moment? Is there some, there's some <laughs> the clown scary stock has gone up suddenly? Is... I think so. <laughs> I think I it's it's scary. Scary. or whatever it is. Yeah, 
So I, I saw something the other day where they were asking American kids about, like, what are you really afraid of? And they were like, clowns. I'm really afraid of clowns. Like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, last from me, uh, the Hot Toys Star Wars stuff continues, and we now have Hot Toys Snow Troopers in a collectible set. And these are uh, – oh, is this from uh, episode – Five. No, this is from Battlefront, the video mm. game. Oh, blah. Good grief. <laughs> Sorry. You did, no, you were fine with it until you heard. Okay. They're still snow troopers. Yeah. No, but sorry. The most exciting thing about this is that the collectible set has a Bounds accessory. B O U N. Yes. <laughs> Bounds. Mm hmm. Uh, it's I not think- just me. <laughs> That's right. So Eddie, you're working for Hot Choice now. Yep. Um. Awesome. Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they meant bonus, uh, and you get extra guns. Um. A bit disappointing. This only comes with 14 hands. Um. You know. So they're really slacking off. Um. I was excited about these until I heard they were from a video game. <laughs> if you just take Whoa. away the backpack and the, it looks like just a regular. Uh, missile launcher, um, then they're fine. That's all good. I'm an old man, Adam. You know, <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that's my news. Now get off my okay. lawn. <laughs> right. Well, I will pick up where Scott left off, which is um, Funko have announced they are doing Guns N' Roses pops. What? Um, yeah, I know. Right. So there's Axel. And there's Slash, and there's Duff McKagan. So um, I think the ones that will really go out will be uh, Axel and Slash, um, and that's what will happen. It's kind of like uh, the Seinfeld episode with the other tenor, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The, the, you know, those are the only two anyone will really care about, um, and they look like they're, you know, from back when, for example, Axel was fit and... Um, but he's not wearing super skinny jeans where you can see his entire package, which, you know, mm. on another level is slightly sad. Okay. Uh, mm. Yeah. Moving along, we have <laughs> some of some vaguely disturbing news, which is um, that the, who's this, Bandai's line, the um, of figure eyes models, which is essentially a snap-together kit, which is already pre-painted. Um, they're fairly well articulated, not going to have swap-out hands and such like. Um, they're doing a Dragon Ball GT, Super Saiyan 4 Goku, and a Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta. Um, it's vaguely disturbing because I think this is kind of their their budget line compared to a figure art. Um, and these are things, well, we've seen a Super Saiyan 4 Goku before, um, uh, like years ago, that's never been uh, even given a release date. Um, we've never seen Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta before, so it's now releasing new characters ahead of the um, figure arts line. So, you know, it's possible that if these actually sell, we may not get them in figure arts, but that's just rampant speculation on my part. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they're testing the waters for GT maybe um, before they go into a figure arts line, whether there's a market there or... So can I just clarify, does he have a tail? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. What? He's a Saiyan. Saiyans oh, have tails, and then course. in the moonlight they turn into giant monkeys. Wow. Yes. Silly me. I'm the great 
cocking myself on the head right now for being so dull. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So you should. I think you just make all this Uh up, Adam. (laughs) You wish. We we (laughs) need need to do a special episode where we just, like, campfire tell the story of Dragon Ball um, to the others, Adam. Just sit around. Yeah. (laughs) So this, this is legit science in Dragon Ball world. Uh-huh. Yeah. And everyone's going, no, Seekers. No. <laughs> but the talking pig that used to be a dictator that's now their friend that lives on the island with the talking turtle and Master Roshi. That's it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love it. I love it. Easy done. So uh, with that, that also wraps up our articulated news, but we'll be right back with the next installment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Hey there, dudes and dudettes. This is John, back with another installment of everybody's favorite podcast game, Name That. When last I left you, we heard this mystery medical sound. You can power his heart and lungs. Expert test, no damage. Then dial the controls for the next test. Brain check, all clear. And I always thought this figure was cool, even though it creeped the hell out of me as a kid. This is, of course, Pulsar, and this is his... Um, life-saving station playset that was kind of like the six million dollar man uh, space capsule, which I did have, which was really cool. But I didn't have this guy or or the station. So, um, you know, if you did, you probably had a pretty cool childhood. But Pulsar was this figure you could change little discs in his brain and make his blood pump and stuff. Um, I showed one to Mrs. Nerd at a, a flea market one time, and she was creeped out but fascinated, just like I am. So. Uh, cool thing out there, kind of vintage. Hadn't done one of those in a while, so thought I would go back to the well. And speaking of going back to the well, let's hear a new sound right here. World's greatest superhero, now the world's greatest toy! And one more time. World's greatest superhero, now the world's greatest toy! And if you want to be one of the cool kids, come on over to AFB Forum. That's AFBforum.com. And you go over there, you find the name that thread, you make your guess, you get the right guess, and you get a forum point. And for that forum point, you can trade that in on a variety of items, including uh, belly button lint. Because, you know, it's sweater season and everybody's got linty belly buttons. So, uh, or, you know, if you want a, want a particular host in, in general, just let us know. Anyway, if that's too tough, but you still want belly button lint, come on over to tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays, Thursdays. We play a picture version, put up a little shadow or an accessory. You still go to the forum, you still make guesses and get points, and it all works just the same. So, until next time, this is John saying, peace out. Pulsar, the ultimate man of adventure. Imagine you power him up for dangerous missions on the Pulsar Life System Center. Batteries not included. You can power his heart and lungs. Expert test, no damage. Then dial the controls for the next test. Brain check, all clear. You can energize Pulsar faster and faster. Can he take it? 
Pulsar Life System Center. Pulsar, the ultimate man of adventure, sold separately. New from Mattel. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about a favorite or bizarre item from our collection. Now, Scotty, you've got the first Toy of the Week, so over to you. Well, I am cheating and doing two in one for my Choi of the Week, but I hope that you'll forgive me. If you have listened to the show, you would know that I am a very big fan of the Bombshell statue line from DC Collectibles. I have all the things pretty much and have been reviewing them uh, right from the word go. And we had a little bit of a lull there in between releases, but then two came out so quickly that I am reviewing them together. And this is the Killer Frost and Bumblebee statue. Um, one of the things I love about this line is just the depth of characters. You were getting characters here that have never been uh, represented in statue form before, uh, which is really cool. Um, if you're not familiar with the bombshells, where have you been? Um, but this is a line that is based on the pinup art of Aunt Lucia. The majority of these pieces are sculpted by Tim Miller, and we actually chatted to him on the show way back when this line was first announced um, about this. Um, he has had uh, – Sam Greenwell has done some of the pieces in the line. I think Jonathan Matthews has done one, uh, but both of these pieces I'm reviewing tonight are Tim Miller sculpts. Um, now, in talking about packaging, one thing that's really interesting to note is when I went and picked up my latest bit of DC Collectibles stash, which was the uh, Bumblebee statue and also the Batman black and white Damian Wayne statue, DC Collectibles for the first time since uh, they rebranded has actually slightly changed their statue packaging. Um, so and if you look on our Facebook page, I've got a photo album of these pieces here and you can actually see the difference. Um, it's still basically the same kind of concept, except they've uh, changed the box art a bit. There's a slightly different um, logo. Uh, it doesn't have the, I don't know whether the DC logo has changed. Um, but Yeah, it's no longer the folding D design. Well, it last very long, did it? No, oh. there was, apparently there was some legal action over it or something. So really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was the copyright. Of so, so, yeah, something went on where they or it was close enough that they didn't want to risk um, oh, going up against them. Good grief. Okay, well, there you go. So that has caused in a, um, a rebranding of the boxes. Great. Uh, it actually looks quite nice. It's you know, smart. Basically, same deal, but just slightly different logo, et cetera. So that explains that. Uh, one of the things that – I'll start with Killer Frost. One of the things that I was slightly alarmed by when I opened up Killer Frost is that – uh, there were assembly instructions inside. Now, um, I definitely have had a lot of larger statues that needed to come with assembly instructions and didn't, but I'm pretty sure I've never had a DC Collectibles piece and definitely not a bombshell with assembly instructions, so I was slightly panicked. Um, but the reason for this is that her uh, base and is a little bit more complex. All of these pieces are on basically the same base. It's a round metal, it's almost like a manhole cover kind of thing with the character logo on it. Killer Frost, who in the comics, of course, is a um, baddie with ice powers, etc., has uh, been depicted here as sort of a 
you know, 60s um, snow, like, you know, on the ski slopes, sort of, you call it like a ski bunny, snow bunny. I'm not sure. Um, She's got the the funny, poofy little hat on, which is just fabulous. And then a a very wintry ski sweater. And she's on skis, like cross-country skis. And the skis are actually separate pieces. So the assembly instructions were how to attach the statue to the base at the same time as attaching the statue to the skis. So a little bit complicated, but I managed to do it. Um, so thankfully they were visual instructions. I'm pretty good at following those. Um, and it did take a little bit of work actually to get the skis, uh, at exactly the right angle. And then, um, but then she's also got poles because like i said she's you know doing the cross-country thing and the poles are not separate pieces the poles are actually sculpted into her hands and they really only just fit um there's there's a bit of give in them but i don't want to test how much give um and uh so it was a little bit of a job getting this assembled um but once done wow you know so worth it this is 10 inches tall um it is a bit wider than your normal bombshell because of the skis so going to take up a little bit more width on your um display space there but really great fun um tim miller is just such a genius when it comes to to sculpting and one of the things that i love about this uh sculpt is that the uh, her sweater which is you know a knitted very sort of american wintry sweater um all of the little kind of cords in the sweater are all sculpted. None of it's just done with paint. Um, really, really cleverly done. Um, the, the detail in her, uh, her hat, in her, um, boots, um, which are, you know, look like they're kind of made out of snow is just incredibly clever. And this works really well from a number of different angles. Um, it's very, very, very smart. Um, uh, the paintwork on this is really quite good. Um, the, I would say not perfect on the, the face, the eyes are, um, are just aligned. Um, and I suppose it partly depends on the angle, um, as well, cause she is meant to be looking to the side. But one of the things I really like about this piece is that it does actually work quite well from a number of angles. Although the positioning of the name badge kind of controls a bit how you can position these on the shelf. Um, so if you can, you know, I've said before, I like the fact that they have changed from the name plates being attached to this to being something that is attached on. I know they had breakage issues with the ones that were attached. I really wish that they uh, gave you an option of whether or not uh, not to display the tag at all, because there is a big gap there if you don't. Um, and uh, I don't need them. I know who the characters are. Um, and uh, I, I do think they work for this line better than other unnecessary nameplates on statues, but it does kind of limit your posing options a bit. Uh, but look, she, Killer Frost is fantastic. Um, I, I'm going to give her a 9 out of 10 dollies just because I, there is a little bit of a paint issue um, in the eyes uh, for me. But a brilliant sculpting job. Great job by Tim Miller of bringing the Antlers Sea design to life. Um, and then uh, Bumblebee I did not even know was released. One thing that's interesting here in Australia is that Zing Pop Culture, which is the new chain that's popped up here that we all keep talking about, um, 
has obviously got a distributor for the DC collectible stuff other than Diamond because they are getting this stuff in earlier than Diamond and the st- on the statue side way cheaper than what you could get at your local comic shop, etc. Um, so Killer Frost is an example um, I got from Zing for 113 um, on their website and I've seen her for as much as 250 in, in comic shops around Australia. Um and Bumblebee, I w- actually went in to – I pre-ordered my uh, Batman Black and White uh, Damien um, from Zing. Again, you know, great prices. And when I went in to pick it up, I looked up on the shelf and there was Bumblebee there and I didn't even know that she was out. So, um, you know, this is great fun. If you're thinking, who's Bumblebee? Um, so – Back in the day, she was originally a kind of very, very supporting character in the old, old Teen Titans comics when they branched out and did Teen Titans West. Um, and she was Mal's girlfriend, the who he was the guardian, he was the horn blower, he had all kind of you know, things, and she could shrink, etc. And uh, but then came back later as a much more interesting character in Doom Patrol, and I'm pretty sure she was in the Teen Titans cartoon as well. Um, And, of course, now has become more prominent because she is in the DC Superhero Girls line, um, which is great. Obviously, you're an African-American character and brings some diversity to that line, etc. And uh, this is super fun. She's been imagined by Aunt Lucia as a you know, American cheerleader, she's got the pom-poms, the cheerleading outfit on with a big B on it for Bumblebee, um, and she is leaping in the air. And I'm sure that when uh, Tim Miller saw that originally, he must have gone, say, what? Um, just from a sculpting job point of view. But they have done a brilliant job of managing to support that pose. Um, so she's jumping up with both feet up in the air, and then there is a black rod from the left knee that slots into the base. And it's really and, – and besides the the base, the statue is all one piece. Um, so one piece, the rod. And the rod is interesting because it's actually – got a slot in it so it's not just like on a stand that the statue is not going to twirl around or rotate it's very stable very sturdy and it's supporting all the way to the statue on that one uh rod um and this is just beautiful like the the um detail of her hair the sculpting of the pom-poms are just incredible the flow of her um skirt and obviously the pose is just um amazing and this this is so fun i was really uh when i was photographing this i was just geeking out kind of thinking i can't believe that i'm actually reviewing a bumblebee statue (laughs) like (laughs) uh, it's really really good um you know again really nice detail on the sculpt with her outfit um paint wise um really quite good but the there are some line kind of issues what you know her skirt is a yellow skirt that's got black um uh lines on it and because of the the pose and the movement of the fabric etc i can only imagine it would have been just a nightmare to paint um and it isn't perfect um but you know you have to look really closely to see that it's not perfect. Um, you know, it's really well done. And I've got to give her a $10 out of 10 because it is just such a exceptional, exceptional job. 
Um, and there's a lot of life left in this line. We've got, I think, Katana and Raven still coming end of this year, beginning of next year, and then um, hopefully more to come because uh, I'm still enjoying it. Cool. I like it a lot, Eddie. Very nice. <laughs> like, Eddie, are you dead? <laughs> I, I was taking a drink and I had my mic uh, on mute. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, one thing I didn't mention about Killer Frost actually is that um, that she's got a – because she's doing kind of the snow thing, they've actually done like a little uh, blue sort of spray over the base. So it's still the same base, but it's got that kind of, you know, snowy scene there, which I actually thought was really cute. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. And I kind of are- wish like – is touched on a little bit, but I kind of wish um, Killer Frost had like sort of a flesh tone look. I was the same with um, Poison Ivy. I didn't kind of like that they went the green tone with her rather than flesh tone, but they are both uh, very amazing pieces. But uh, that- Kill- Killer Frost has been blue for a long time. Oh, yeah, no, no, she is um, in the books and that, but I just think for the pinup uh, sort of style. Uh, it kind of drops me okay. a bit. Like it, it's, it's just me personal. It's not me correcting or what saying. What have you that got against got a... blue girls? I think uh, I don't have anything against blue girls. Just that they don't <laughs> exist in nature. <gasps> oh, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, something I love about the bombshells is that that they've taken on this incredible life of their own. Like you know that from from a, a statue series to there's all. You know, all other sort of merchandise, comics, and the cosplay as well. You know, there's a whole kind of subset of superhero cosplay now just around the bombshells and the, um, you know, what people do. I, I think it's amazing. And I love, you know, everything about it, except I have to say, uh, they, there's the, the busts that they solicited a while ago, which are armless you know, legless bust of the bombshells mm-hmm. that are not really done in the bombshell style. And I've seen a couple of those now, Wonder Woman and Mira, do not like. Do not like <laughs> oh. at all. But everything else, yay, happy, happy days. That wraps up the first toy of the week. When we come back, we'll be talking about new items that we've added to our collection this week. Well, we're all here because we collect, so Feeding the Addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made. Uh, Now, Scotty, you've hinted at uh, picking up a grail, Uh, so we won't keep people in suspense any longer. What uh, did you acquire? Well, I... um I should mention before I talk about the Grail that I did actually get, as I mentioned, my um, Bumblebee bombshell and also my Damian Wayne uh, Batman Black and White statue this week. Uh, But since I was last on the show, I was out in my travels and one of the, you know, cool offshoots of having a job that requires me to travel a bit is that I get to um, check out lots of different, you know, comic shops and collectible stores, etc. And recently I was on a trip and I had a big drive and 
uh, on the way home after a very big day, I drove past a place where I know that there is a collectible shop that I do like visiting, but I was thought, uh, I don't know if I can be bothered. I'm tired. And I thought, oh, what the heck? I probably won't be past here anytime again soon. So I'll go in. And I walked in, and right kind of in front of my face was a, uh original um, sideshow Captain America premium format statue. Um yeah, the, the 2007, I think, is when it came out. And I, and I thought, what the heck? Now, now Ben um, got this a couple of years ago, and he reviewed it on the um, the show, um, you know, and talked about what a grail it was, etc. You know, there's certain things that, as a, as a collector, that you think, wow, I would love to have that, but I'm just writing off, you know, that that will ever um, – happen uh and that would definitely be one of them because it goes for mega millions on the secondary market but it had a super reasonable price um for the piece um on it and i thought oh my gosh can this be real like i went and chatted to the shop and and said like has that got the box and everything and they're like yep we've got a guy who um you know comes to the shop and he has had to He's moving overseas and he's got he can't take stuff with him and so he wants you know to to move it on but just kind of needs to move it fairly quickly so he knows it's a good price. Um, never been out of the box until we put it on display. Um, so there you go. There's a mitten box statue yeah. for you. Um, and they got hmm. the bo- they got the box set for me. It's got the brown shipper and everything. <laughs> and then I was and so and then I said, well, look, I'm actually from Melbourne. I'm not from here. And they're like, no worries, we can send it to Melbourne for twenty five bucks. And I said, sold. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So happy days. I actually uh, texted Ben. Like I took a photo of it, texted Ben, and I was just like, OMG, 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 OMG. And uh, it's just kind of one of those moments that, you know, you you don't kind of get very often, I think, because things are so much is done online. You don't kind of get to get a lot of stuff in person or that sort of thing. And and those sort of things that you – that's exactly why I always take the time to go to those shops and it never happens. <laughs> um, and uh, it is amazing. Obviously I'm not going to review it because it's been reviewed on the show before, but it is, it is amazing. It's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Very so, cool. Such happiness. I, they're some of my favorite stories in collecting. It's yeah. when someone just stumbles upon something that they don't expect to stumble upon and just, Wow. I just kind of walked can in hurt. there and I was like, I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> yeah. The scary thing can be, though, your wallet. Like, it's like, oh, I wasn't planning on spending $300 today, but there we go. It's, yeah. it's well, it. look, you know, I, yeah. I, I did take a moment and thought, like, you know, this is uh, – I'm very blessed, you know, and and I'm, I'm very fortunate in that I've got – you know, my, my partner and I both have got good jobs and we don't hurt for money and – um but I did feel very fortunate at that point that I could actually do that without having to kind of go, oh, okay, uh, whatever, um, <clears throat> and uh, don't take it for granted. That's for sure. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, and Adam, have you picked up anything this week? No, I've been slack. Phil? You yeah. did get some uh, air conditioning uh, ducks for your rabbits, so they had. Yeah, that was like a week or so back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Not that they're grateful. Not they're grateful. They're grateful because they're just eating it, right? Yeah. So I mean, they just yeah. eat the the mylar plastic coating bit in the duck. The duck because I just got the cheap duck 
thing, but yeah, <laughs> it's probably not the best thing for them to be eating, so they don't get it too often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Eddie, I can see here once again that you have still one collecting for the week. Yeah, I still buy two maps. This is the thing. I don't buy statues because I spend the same amount in yeah, individual. So I did get some more Black Series. I got my uh, Walgreens C-3PO, uh, the Hover Tank Driver, the Scarif Trooper, uh, the three-pack that has Cassian Andor in his casual gear, the um, Black uh, Death Trooper uh, with the pauldron and just the exact same Gen Erso uh, released. Uh, I've picked up a few of the Transformers Titans Return Deluxe figures because K, uh, Target had them on special from $25 down to $20, but they were scanning at $15. So uh, there was a mad rush of Transformer collectors going to uh, Targets and buying them up, and I definitely got uh, in on that, uh, which I'm loving because now i got a whole bunch of little headmasters that uh, can go on that uh, Big Fortress Maximus uh, playset figure now and actually go in the little uh, turrets and bits and pieces there and some, some really clever toy engineering uh, going on there with those guys. Uh, actually found really cheap in New Zealand uh, from a seller the NECA Ultimate Evil Dead Ash Dead by Dawn uh, figure. So the Ultimate figures have sort of crept up to around the $60 mark here before shipping and i couldn't find him at any of our local retailers even though he'd been out for a little bit now uh so i was searching around ebay and found this store mighty ape uh that was selling him for uh 60 shipped but then there was like a 10 dollar ebay promotion thing going on and then they also took another percentage off so he came to 40 dollars uh, shipped from New Zealand, and he arrived within two days of ordering. So wow. um, I've gotten pieces from inside Australia that have taken a, a lot longer than that, and he's a really great piece. Um, I'm actually really impressed with uh, what NECA have done with him. Uh, also, I finally picked up the Figure Art Zoo Ranger Dragon Ranger, uh, or as he's known here in the West, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Green Ranger, uh, the Tommy one. Uh, but I picked up the Japanese version because he comes with a few little extra pieces. But unfortunately, I just opened him today and I broke uh, the dagger uh, that he plays sort of the flute on. So I'll uh, have to do some clever glue work and try and get that fixed. But uh, I'm also tempted there's another uh, sort of Sentai figure that comes with that dagger and part of me is just like, oh, do I just spend the money and buy that and get that piece again? But... Uh, I'll see how my gluing efforts go. Uh, it was completely my fault. I was trying to force it into a piece. It wasn't that it was fragile or uh, anything that I was just being a bit careless. And I was also quite fortunate. Um, I sent Scotty a message about this because we were talking on the last shows on how I seem to have weird luck in getting free uh, bits and bob. And I got uh, invited to a preview screening of uh, the film Doctor Strange, and when I arrived there, there was a, uh, a goodie bag from Disney on my seat, and one of the things in there was a free uh, Funko Pop of uh, Doctor Strange. So uh, I ended up with a free collectible that way. I'm outraged. Too, so 
that's my uh, first Marvel pop figure. Uh, is Doctor Strange, and he's pretty neat, even though he's a bobblehead, and I'm not a bobblehead fan, but I, I do like my Steve Strange, so yeah. And that's uh, that. That's everything I've gotten in over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if no one else has anything else to report, we'll be back with our second toy of the week. Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack, the Lexor 7 armed with kryptonite, but the Supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle. Activate Ram. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin, fish bait for Luther. Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. So, uh, Adam has our second toy of the week, so over to you, Adam. Thank you, Eddie. Well, it's uh, an item that we talk about more or less any time we talk about favourite childhood toys and, you know, um, it's one of, part of one of those classic lines that everyone loves, uh, but I don't think we've ever actually reviewed it. And uh, so, for that reason, I am reviewing the Kenner Superpowers Batmobile. Uh, this thing was released in 1984. Um, my memory of the time when I was in the four through seven bracket is not that great, but um, I would have got this sometime during the, the mid-80s as um, some kind of present, probably a birthday present. So I can't really comment on when I got it uh, or what the price was, um, and I don't really care that much anyway. So uh, those of you that aren't aware what this is, this is the, um, the Batmobile as driven in the, the Superpowers cartoons from the early 80s uh, was the the blue kind of, uh, it's not really just a sports car. It kind of looks vaguely like some kind of um, heroized 80s Ferrari Testarossa, but without a roof on it. Um, the bat emblem on the front has a, a battering ram that pops open from the front. I'm not really sure in hindsight why that was a, a necessary thing to do because you could have just put your foot on the gas and hit them anyway. Um <laughs> The, the eyes in the, the bat face that's on the front of the car opened up to be the lights, um, and there was a wonderful um, claw contraption that came out the back of the car, um, which in hindsight, you know, wasn't probably a, a safe thing to use on a villain if you're then going to burn off using afterburners and whatever else to, to drag them along behind your car. Um, so Batman's no-killing policy might have been violated there. Um there were there was a lot of paint on this that was fairly simple. There was you know the, the front face was painted on in black. Um, the wheels had uh, the vacuum metal chroming on the kind of the hubcap area, um, and you had the the eighties or seventies and eighties yellow uh, bat symbol painted on the sides of the cars, um, just in case you hadn't worked out whose car it was. There were a few decals on this one. Um, I believe the afterburner on the back was a decal. The control panels um, inside the cockpits were, were decals too. Um, it didn't come with any figures, which to kids these days may come as a shock considering most of the, the Marvel-related um, vehicles and playsets come with some, at least some cheap figure that's kind of a bit crap, but these came with no figures you were expected to pre-supply your own Batman and Robin or whoever else you want to be using this. Um, getting those figures in, it's a, a bit of a squeeze at times. Um, whoever's in the passenger side is pretty easy. 
Um, they don't have anything in the way. Whoever's in the driver's seat had to contend with the rather long um, steering column and uh, Batman logo steering wheel because, of course, Batman would have his own special steering wheel logo, despite that this was an era where you didn't have uh, the modern gizmos and buttons and everything all over your steering wheel, so it was really just a, a fancy steering wheel that probably had a horn on it, you know, in, in real life. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the, the basic setup of the, the, um, the car. Um, the box that it comes in, so it came in a box that you could quite easily take your car out of and put it back into. Um, the front of the box has a, a nice cartoon image on it um, or comic image, um, Batman and Robin in the car ramming Joker, um, who's probably ended up with a shattered pelvis out of that. Um, the back of the box has a, a little kind of... Um, instruction manual as to how to make all the different features work and uh, shows the penguin also suffering bodily trauma um, and the Joker being towed along behind the vehicle, which, as I've said, is probably um, going to kill him. Uh, there are other photos on the sides of the boxes that have, um, you know, shows the Batmobile and uh, Bat- uh, Batman and Robin um, posing next to it. Um, so you've clearly understood who is meant to go with this vehicle and what you're meant to be able to do with it, which is all very good. Um, in terms of the paint, you know, like I said, they're pretty simple. They're, there's not really um, any slop that I can remember on mine. Uh, it's now very hard to determine that because it's, um, like many of my toys from that era, scratched to hell. Um, at one point, I thought I'd be clever and uh, give the car a bit of an update and stuck a, a Batman sticker over the... Um, the front of the car, um, and then on later attempts to remove that, it didn't come off well. So that was another one of my great ideas of things to do to toys when I was a kid, um, which didn't work out. The actual features on this, so the the RAM um, worked pretty well. I think you could if you wanted to actually remove the RAM if you were careful without breaking things, and I've probably done that once or twice, and I didn't manage to break it, which is pretty much, you know, uh, deserves an award for me in my toy abuse when I was a kid. Um, the lights were fine. They'd pop up. I think if you put a little bit of pressure on them, sometimes they wouldn't go or they'd go back down a bit, so they might not always stay fully popped up. Um, and the claw mechanism worked really well for about the first month or so of using it, and after that it didn't work so good and just became kind of a rear ram, um, which probably is actually more useful in real life than having a ram on the front of the car. Um, articulation is kind of a, a non-question, but, you know, you had some features. It had wheels. The wheels rolled. Um, the steering wheel turned but had no impact on the, on the steering of the car, so you actually had to just manually turn the car. Um, that was fine. If you had figures, then the figures had the standard kind of superpowers range of uh, articulation there. Um there weren't really any accessories for this, um, which, you know, in today's day and age, people might expect you'd have something like a missile that fired off or or what have you, but you really had nothing. Uh, but as a vehicle, you didn't really care because you already had the figures you were going to play with it in. So that wasn't a big deal. Um, I guess one of the other things that's worth noting about this vehicle is it was really only suited to... Um, some of the first wave of superheroes uh, that 
that had capes or nothing on their back. Um, most of the villains had, um, you know, Lex had his jetpack, so he didn't really fit in the driver's seat. Um, the Joker and Penguin had the tails, so they couldn't really um, fit in the in the car without taking those off. So if you were planning to have a, a play session where the villain somehow stole the Batmobile, it didn't work so good and you had to pay, uh, go to a bit of effort to, to have that happen. Um, but you could still do it. I think um, the Penguin would never fit in the driver's seat anyway and the Joker may have been a bit too tall anyway. But you still got fun out of it. Um, yeah, so it's a good item. Um, it, as far as I'm aware, mine still has all the features work. Um, it's just really stuffed up. So, you know, for, for what it was, at the time that it was, it's probably a pretty good toy. It was a, a nice solid toy. You weren't going to break it very easily. Um, and I think if you actually got more toys like that these days at a reasonable price point, you'd probably uh, sell a lot of them, um, particularly for the younger kids. So, you know, for my mind, I think that gets it about probably about a 9 out of 10. Um, I think the only reason I'd take points off of it is just some of the the spring-loaded features that eventually started to fail over time. Um, and I think also just the inexplicability of, for example, having a RAM on the front of a car that has an accelerator. Um, so, yeah, that was the Batmobile. Very cool. This is a piece that I've uh, never owned myself, so I do like hearing people uh, talk about I'm always fascinated by the superpowers line. I actually mm. had had this, um, you know, kind of on several uh, wish lists, you know, Christmas lists, etc. Because uh, I had all the figures, but for some reason I never got this one. I don't know why. Okay. You had the walking thing for Superman, didn't you? No. <laughs> that no, I never had any of the superpowers yeah, vehicles and things. Yeah. I don't really know why. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes we, it's like that. Yeah, we managed to get the Superman um, jet thing, the Lexor 7, which I think I've reviewed before, and um, the Batmobile. We, I think I would have had it at some stage on numerous lists, the Batplane, but never got it, huh. which was sad. Did you ever have those wind-up stilt-walking things? No. no have you ever, that, that's one of the weirdest accessories, I think, of any action figure line. It's, that, yeah. it's like a Superman stilt that you like wind yeah. up and it walks like a walking wind-up toy figure, but just in what situation Superman would need legs to walk for him. It's just that's some good childhood imagination going yeah. on right there. Uh, very cool. Thank you so much for that, Adam. Uh, so that wraps up our second and final toy of the week. Uh, coming up next, we'll be doing a toy breakdown of the DC Collectibles uh, icons. Impossible. The Hall of Justice under attack. Batman behind bars. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Hall of Justice playset. Some assembly required. Vehicles and figures sold separately. Well, coming up, we have our toy breakdown of the uh, Series 4 of DC icons, uh, which was recently, I believe, acquired by a number of people on the podcast. And so without any further ado, I will hand over to those that have acquired. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, man. So, um, yeah, now this is a line that I, if you don't mind me saying so, Scotty's been a favourite of yours and mine uh, this sort of last year since they've been uh, coming out. And it's been a while since we've received any 
new figures until these three that we're about to talk about started coming out. And this was probably the most sporadic of the ways released so far. It was a long time between I got the Joker and I got my final one, which was John Stewart. Did you have a similar situation? Uh, I possibly, I got mine from Ostra Comics and I just wait, I think I didn't go in to pick it up until, um, they were all in. So yeah. yeah, I, um, I did have a bit of a delay on mine because, uh, the John Stewart figure that got in for me actually ended up being the Darwin Cook one by mistake and they oh. had to, uh, <laughs> reset up and, uh, send through. So, uh, there was a little bit of extra time. Uh, there on that end, but uh, they do seem to be worth the wait. Uh, first up, we have John Stewart, which is John uh, the Green Lantern in the outfit he wore during the run on Mosaic, which is probably most famous uh, for being the storyline in which he actually destroyed a planet, and that sort of weighed very heavily. Uh, on the character uh, and it's it's really good I do uh, quite like what they've uh, done here is a very nice military stern uh, facial expression on the head sculpt uh, but my favorite thing here is his swappable hands with the different um, so you've got the ability to have him barehanded uh, without the white gloves or you can have him with the white gloves on and then the ring hand, you can swap out for a hand that has a uh, plug hole piece and you can attach different uh, Lantern Energy Blast accessories uh, or constructs uh, onto it, which just work uh, really amazing. So there's one where he's kind of making a symbol uh, with different energy pieces coming out, one that's sort of a straight, pointy, uh, almost light reflection piece one that looks like it's a double blast coming out the end uh and he also has his uh faithful lantern there uh on the end uh of the accessories list as well so very cool uh lots of different ways you can pose him this was probably the figure i was least excited about just because you know it's another green lantern etc but i actually think this is my favorite figure um of the the group um because of all of these constructs it, it's so cool and um it really just enhances what you could do what you can do pose wise um with him etc and i am going to buy another one of these just so that i can have another one of those ring hands for my hal jordan now oh actually because i was going to say i did try this out before um the episode, but you just reminded me of something. So if you unplug it at the base of the um, arm, so near the elbow joint, they don't actually connect in. What about just the hand? So, yeah, that's. I didn't think of that until you said the hand, so I'm just trying that literally right now as we speak, and it works. Yay! Yeah, ah, awesome. so you've actually you've improved this figure on me. I was going to say, oh, the disappointment <laughs> I have here is that the uh, hands are not swappable but they uh, are. with another, but they are. Yeah. Uh, his hands are slightly bigger than uh, John's, so you might want to swap both uh, okay, the yeah. glove <laughs> hands over. Yep. Uh, otherwise, he's got sort of that uh, 
Mark Hamill in Jay and Silent Bob movie look <laughs> kind of going for him. Uh, but yeah. the, that's that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, this is I, so fun. I, the, he- I, the head sculpt I think is fantastic. Like it's really nice. Mm. Um, and But th- th- I, I can't wait to kind of stick this on a flying stand and have fun with these different um, constructs and hopefully we'll get some more down the track. Yeah, and one of the things I, we've commented on pretty much all these, but – this is pretty much a brand new full body sculpt we've got going on here for John. So there's line work on his uh, green lantern suit there. So it's all original, like brand new feet, especially brand new chest piece. Uh, he's got different muscles and scales to Hal Jordan where they could have re- really easily just put another head sculpt uh, there on that same yeah, yeah. Hal Jordan. So that's always something that yeah. uh, I think is really great and yeah. worth mentioning. So uh, with these guys. One thing I, I wanted to mention about these, and this is a good time to do it because um, we don't need to talk in detail about the packaging because it's the same as the others. Um, but, and I do you know, appreciate the collector friendliness in theory of the, uh, the, the box and the tray um, to pull out. But something that they've started doing, DC Collectibles has started doing, which I find super annoying, is that the... Uh, uh, twist ties are gone, but now we have these little um, plastic straps that are actually really hard to just kind of undo to get the figure out. Um, and do, do you think, or am I just being ridiculous? Like, I no, no, yeah, it actually is because um, I haven't. I opened these guys a while away, so a while ago, so I haven't really thought about that. But you are a hundred percent correct. I actually have to use an exacto knife. Yeah cut mine open which can be very nerve-wracking because it's very tight close and you don't want to scrape the figure so i sort of get my nails on the back end and because it's kind of a rubbery twist i pull them out as far as i can without trying to squish in or scratch any part of my figure on the front and then cut the nibs off the ties on the back to then get it out which uh can be a very long painstaking process if on certain ones they decide to do 10 or so uh, little pieces across the figure. Uh, this, is, which, yeah. this is like a worse version of what they used to do with the Marvel Universe figures with yeah. the kind of little yeah. rubber bandy things. Uh. Yeah, except there's nowhere, like, you, you can't kind of go on the back and cut it off. So you know, with the Marvel Universe stuff, I used to, mm-hmm. you know, turn the um, clamshell, well, you know, plastic thing over and just snip it off at the back. But there is no back to these. I don't know how they do it. Um, so, yeah, you've got to actually either just try and yeah, to, out. yeah to try and explain it's kind of like that little plastic tea that you get when you have like a um a tag on a piece of clothing or socks when they combine oh, them together okay, it's that yeah. little type thing so there's no band coming out at the back of the plastic tray it's just connected right up there at the front so it's uh yeah, yeah absolutely and it must be horrible for the factory worker who has to put it through too that too, I feel I, bad for. I don't understand. I don't yeah. understand. Anyway, I really like the John Stewart figure. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the next figure, which is Joker, based on his look uh, from the storyline Death uh, in the Family, uh, which I don't actually ever remember him looking like this at any point in that story, but it is that sort of era uh, of uh, the Joker, that very Jim Aparo. Uh, long face, long chin, 
uh, very slender and tall, that just very classic look uh, of the Joker. And I really love uh, the paint on the face on this guy. He's just incredibly classic Joker. So uh, I I agree. I have an issue with this figure though, um, because the he has got his hat sculpted on, and just when I was trying to take photos of him, it's actually very hard to just kind of get a clear look at the face because you can't really raise the head high enough to be able to see it, and so the face is quite shadowed by the hat. Um, and I think that could be a pain when posing as well. It's definitely a pain when um, uh, photographing. Um, the yeah, in, in terms of the death in the family thing, I don't get that from this either. Um, but yeah, there you go. Um, three swap out hands, so five hands in total, um, and a couple of weapons. Yeah, so he's got the crowbar and uh, the machine gun. Yeah. Which the machine gun's incredible. Yeah. Like the sculpt and work yeah. on that, it's amazing. Um, definitely not loaded with accessories compared to some, um, but no. there's probably a bit more tooling with this because of the hat and the coat, which is really nicely done as well. Um, I just thought I would like this figure a lot more than I actually do. I don't dislike it at all, but when I actually got it out and started uh, photographing, etc., I did feel like that I was a bit restricted because um, the movement of the neck is just not enough to lift the head enough to be able to see it clearly. I I agree with you, and I think my problem is slightly being spoiled with other figures where – I really do wish he did come with a second head. So you had the one with the hat on and one yeah, yeah. Uh, with a hat off, I think would have been uh, good. Even if you could have like swappable arms uh, so you could remove uh, the long coat potentially maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. And also it is kind of weird with his uh, hands. It's very hard um, to get a good crowbar holding one. There's like a one that almost looks like sort of penguin flipper fingers it's sort of two fingers and two fingers uh that i'm pretty sure the crowbar is meant to be held in uh but it's just sort of weird to get a good pose using that hand without that hand uh looking slightly odd i did think about that when i was um playing with this about you know the hat the swap out head etc but I, i i think that uh you know as this if this line uh becomes prolific then this won't be the only joker and part of what they've done by attaching uh particular stories to these figures is given themselves license to do multiple versions of the big the bigger characters um and not mm. just have it be another interpretation of a joker but be okay well joker from you know this era or this story etc yeah and that might be one reason you know why we didn't get that but certainly if it was the only icons joker there'd be some shortcomings i think yeah yeah i, mean, uh, I look at this i look at this and i see a few things that kind of bother me and one is the really glossy hands um that's just me the the coat, I completely agree. Like, you'd love to be able to see a, the full pinstripe suit. And the, the other thing is that our crunch just stands out horrendously. Yeah, yeah I almost would have preferred a rubber vest piece, sort of like 
uh, even if it was attached to the overcoat, like it, that whole overcoat piece just be one uh, big sort of rubber overlay uh, on mm-hmm. the top because I think where it does end with the ab crunch, yeah, that is making it stand out a bit, having the tails of the front of the vest um, be almost on a different level to the rest. Mm-hmm. That the The lower piece of the ab crunch there, like the torso, uh, you know, piece is it's not pretty and and it's the same on all the figures like it does actually make them um well it's a bit kind of like wide at the the hips so you can't notice that as much with joker with his um trench on but like i'm looking at firestorm and and john right now and it is actually uh I, I think a bit of an issue just with the buck um, that, that, that piece, the, well, the butt basically like just at the, <laughs> the, the sides, the lo- the love handles, um, you know, kind of either side of the ab crunch are a bit too big. And so it actually makes them look um, oddly proportioned. Okay. Now uh, our last figure is Firestorm based on his new 52 uh, look. And this guy, I remember talking to you at one point, Scotty, and saying that he might have been my first disappointment, uh, really, that I've gotten in the Icons line. And I do still have some issues, but uh, having stepped away from him for a little while and then coming back to him for this review, uh, he has improved a bit. I do still have issues he has uh, a swappable hand piece that you can put energy effects on. Uh, I do have some molding issues that sort of hinder my placement uh, yes. of uh, those energy effects. So do you have that too? It's oh, not I don't just... think it's a mod at all. Like it's yeah, I, yeah. I just um, I don't actually uh, something's gone majorly wrong, and I've actually got two of these. Like I because I. Like with Aquaman, with my favorite characters, I've bought one to kind of keep in the box. And so I do have a second one of these, and I actually popped him out just to see whether or not it was any different. But it doesn't work. The So the idea of the um, the swap-out pieces is that you can take the – he comes with uh, f- gloved fists on, but then he comes with energy hands and energy effects, and you're meant to be able to remove the – forearm bit put the energy effect in um and uh then stick the you know hand on um but it just doesn't actually work the hole is not big enough it's almost like it was made by the same people that make ben's sideshow feet peg places um and i think that the only way that it's going to get on would be with some major uh kind of burrowing which i'm certainly not prepared Mm. to do so i just was like wow what an absolute fail being that it's translucent pat uh, translucent plastic as well any sort of work you're doing it's gonna scratch and um stand out which is oh that's a shame because i was sort of hoping it was just mine that had those issues and i just but yeah if it's three for three that's not say uh not a good piece there the um other issue I do have that I'm sort of mixed on because I think from a distance it looks good, but when you look at it up close uh, is his uh, face paint. Uh, so he's got some weird makeup pollution effects going on. He's got a bit of lip liner on, 
and he's got some weird mascara shading uh, where it's lightened on the sides of his eyes to give that glow effect, which does kind of work from a distance. But when you look at him sort of reasonably up close, uh, it does stand out a little bit to me as um, just some weird shadowing uh, lines. Yeah. Uh, look, I I have, again, because I got a couple of these and so I picked up, you know, one was the one that I pre-ordered from All Star and then the other one I got at a, a Zing. And I did actually go through quite a few before I found one that had a paint job that I was prepared to, to have. And it's the the lines around the eyes um, are just not well executed. Um, and But then every one that I saw had some other little paint flaws as well. Um, it's a re- Look, I, I, I did a Google image search and I have seen people that have managed to kind of get the effect things on the arms and you know i'm but i just i just you know look at it and think i'm just if i have to kind of fiddle too much to get this to work then i'm not interested um yeah. the other issue with my and again with both of them is that his um let his hips are really loose i don't know if yours are as well but um the hips uh, both of mine are um, mine not too bad yeah. actually yeah I thought I'd need to stick his. I had uh, I had that a bit of a Joker though. I, okay. I um forgot to mention with my Joker, I had one of his. I think his right leg was sort of loose and um, kept popping off, uh, and I had to do a bit of boil and pop fix there, but uh, not on the firestorm. So yeah, I, I was really annoyed with this when I first unpacked it because of that. But when I came back to it and just forgot about the energy effects. Uh, the figure did grow on me. Like I think that the head sculpt, forget the paint, the head sculpt is really nice um, and that you actually can do some really nice posing with this as well and it is definitely, you know, it's a nice Firestorm figure. Um, it's just more that it didn't deliver on its promise of, uh, particularly with all the fun that I had uh, playing with John and his, John Stewart and his energy effects um, and stuff. And, Maybe, you know, if I get some spare time someday, I'll have a go at making this actually work. But it's really silly that it, like, it's not just like, oh, it doesn't quite fit. It's like miles off doesn't fit. And I don't understand. Yeah. It's almost as if they designed it for another um, um, connector piece there. And then they've changed uh, the sculpt that was used. But yeah. Uh, once again, this is a uh, pretty much brand new uh, sculpt on him all around, 100% uh, run through. So uh, it does uh, tick that box at least, which is a good side of these icons. But uh, all in all, I think this wave was a bit – I don't know if sort of they're becoming more common now as we're sort of building more and more characters and seeing the same pieces again, but I – I still like them, but I was a bit disappointed with this wave, uh, to be honest, all up. Uh, whereas some of the other ones had some real home runs. This had some really good stuff and some of the least favourite stuff that we've gotten so far. Yeah, I think that um, that it, it is a, it's not as exciting as some of the other waves. And this was this is meant to be a set of four with static shock in it as well, and maybe that would have, you know, but he's obviously delayed. Um, and maybe, you know, that that is uh, 
would have made a difference, but it isn't quite, there isn't that kind of wow in this, um, in the way that some of the others are, but I, I still am really excited about this line. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for some of the pieces we've got coming up in the future as well with uh, accessory packs and uh, a few of the other uh, ones. You've got the Batgirl on the motorcycle display piece and the giant dark side and that coming. So uh, I am interested to see what they do with it in the future and uh, the way they keep it sort of interesting and fresh. Uh, So very cool. Uh, So thank you for letting me break down these figures with you uh, once again. Uh, Like our Marvel Legends ones, it's one of my favourite things that we do on here, so always great to do. Uh, And uh, so that wraps up this toy breakdown. When we come back, uh, we'll go through some feedback before we wrap things up. Colonel Steve Austin, the $6 million man, and the new Bionic Transport and Repair Station. Rocket's crashing! We'll put him in the Bionic Repair Station. We can rebuild him. We'll replace the modules in the Bionic arm. No injury here. We'll have to check his eye. Bionic eye, A-OK. $6 million man, ready for action. New Bionic Transport and Repair Station sold separately. The $6 million man, new from Kenner. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on a future episode, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you may just hear it read out on the show. Now, Scotty, I believe you have an email for us? Yes, we've got an email from Alan, and he says, Hey, guys, recently discovered the show. Really enjoy it. I'm new to collecting and I've been wondering about getting insurance for my collection. I wanted to ask you if any of you have insurance for your collections. Thanks, Alan. Hmm. Boys, do either of you have your collections insured? Uh, no, I... my, my insurance is knowing all the secondhand sellers in my area so that if I was <laughs> robbed, I'd be able to trace them down fairly quick. But, yeah. So, yeah, this... so I'd thought about it at one time, one point along with um... – comics and CDs and things like that, but it wasn't so much for the case of theft. It was more about things like if the house burnt down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. But I'd never got around to it and just went, eh, whatever. Yeah. I have a, a two line items on my contents insurance, so I don't have a specific insurance policy for the collection, but in your – if you and, and I don't think that Alan is from Australia, so I'm not sure how uh, – insurance contents insurance works um in other countries but with home and contents insurance in australia you can insure your contents for a specific amount but then you can have specific items with a value on them and so i have my comic collection and my um toy collection just as round figures with an item on it um but i believe that if you were to make a claim like if you you know, like as Adam said, if you know you you lost your house in the fire, or whatever, that you'd have to produce a uh, an itemized list of that with values in order to be able to claim mm. on it. Um, so yeah, I I think that this would be a good question to revisit when Ben is next on the show, because I know that he does uh, have a more systematized approach to well life, um, but um, <laughs> but. 
to insurance um, and the itemizing of his collection. Um, but yeah, if you do, uh, you know, even if you don't have a huge collection, if it is of, you know, some value as a whole, then I do think it's worthwhile noting that in some way. But then if you do have specific pieces that would be hard to repair or replace or expensive to repair or replace if they were damaged or broken, something that is definitely worth thinking about. And there are, there are specific insurances that um, are specific, like specifically for collections. And so that could be something that might be worth you know, kind of having a, a look at as well. Very cool. Now, uh, not saying that you should do this, but if on the off chance you're wondering for insurance fraud, the number one mistake people make when they burn a house down and then try and claim the contents is that then the house is empty and they can actually go through and say, hey, there should have been an action figure collection here, but there's no melt of plastic. So uh, if you do, make sure you put some form of plastic there before starting the fire uh, so that it can be determined that there was items there because a lot of people in insurance fraud will uh, claim a big screen TV but also then take the TV uh, with them before they light the house and then there's nothing actually there uh, when the inspectors are going through. So not saying you should, but just number one mistakes that How people make. How do you make. know that? I, <laughs> I used know. to have a uh, friend who was in uh, the insurance uh, investigation oh, claims. Okay, yeah. And they, he used to deal with all sorts of weird stuff like that. Or there was a time they drained sections of the Maribyrnong River and had all these cars that were claimed as stolen that still had keys in the ignition. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at the bottom of the, uh, all sorts of weird uh, pieces like that. But uh, lots of stories there. Uh, I did also want to give a uh, shout-out to uh, Luke as well, who's been running things over on the Action Figure Blues Instagram account uh he's doing some wonderful work there so if you're on the insta uh get on there and follow action figure blues and uh check out the awesome work he's doing uh keeping that uh piece up and running so thank you luke thank you luke thank you luke mm. thank you everybody yeah and that uh, also wraps up uh, the whole show. So thank you, Adam. Thank you, Scott, for joining me here for a, another episode. And uh, I'll see you again sometime soon. Cheers, guys. Have a good journey. See you, Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, The Pop Culture Superstore, Bam Kapow, and Davy Boy's Toys. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash action figure blues. Thanks for listening. Now it's time for one of our feature segments. Toy of the week, each episode. Oh, sorry. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs>
Are you sure? I was. I did not know what I was leading into. <laughs> then I was a bit of a place. Okay, well, let me try a again. Ra- a random collection of podcast words coming out of your mouth. <laughs> now, Scotty, you've got the first toy of the week, so over to you. Thank you. And I'm cheating and doing two in one. Um, please forgive mm-hmm. me. Uh, anyone who has listened to the show would know that I am a very big fan of the um oh i've caught the eddie disease <laughs> man sorry i go on mute for five seconds and you guys are it all goes down the gurgler <laughs> i'll get myself in okay focus five four I'm swallowing risotto. <laughs> That's not a blooper. <laughs> wow, that wraps up our toy of the week. How is that not a blooper? I don't understand. <laughs> how is it not a blooper? Yeah. How is it a blooper? How is it not a blooper? Yeah, that, you said you said that's that, not a blooper. I, I said if that's not a blooper. Oh, I thought you said it's not a blooper. I'm like, well, what the hell do I have to do to get a blooper these days? <laughs>